Hello and welcome to BakaCast for the, God, what is it now? Seventh. Se- seventh week of the summer 2017 anime season. Yes, there sir. Have been a, there have been so many skip uh, weeks on some of these shows that I've uh, forgotten. Well, anyway, uh, you can find show notes for this episode at www.projectharhi.net and at www.audioentropy.com. I have with me today, Larry... Hello, and you're Dustin. I sure am. I am Dustin. <laughs> That's my name, Dustin. Yeah. Well, uh, you, you forgot I the al- word out. <laughs> I also have Ben here with me. Yo. Uh, Aaron is staring at uh, Fate Grand Order uh, Noble Phantasm animations. And I also have Luke here. Anime's bad. Yeah, it is. No, no, no. Terrestrial TV is bad. Anime is good. Delete all. Everything. Delete all anime. Kill all nerds.exe. No, I listen. No. I, 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 there are animes I like. I will sacrifice all of them after what I had to go through this week. <laughs> yeah, because uh, uh, Luke, Luke and I, we watched a little thing called uh, uh, my, gor- my Girlfriend is a Gal, episode one. So that was your which, first mistake. <laughs> I mean, look, I know this is sort of the entire point of the segments that mm. Luke and I subject, subject ourselves to, but even still. Uh, uh. In other words, you're saying it was exceptionally abusive. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was rough in ways I was not necessarily expecting. Well, did you expect it to cold open on a censored camel toe? No, actually, I was not expecting that. Really? Because that seems like such no. a normal way to start a TV show. Yeah, you know, you like, don't all your shows that you love open with uh, the very first scene being a camera shoved up a woman's vagina? Yeah. Mm-hmm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, God, I couldn't believe that. As Like, literally, like, we're not even exaggerating. It's literally the first shot. Yeah, no. A like, censored... Yeah, like, fade up from black to a camel toe. Huh. There's, a, there's, a, there's an uncensored version out there. I'm sure there of is. Of course there is. That's the like the DVD bonus. No, no, uh, the, they they actually like they air an uncensored version on. Like, it's, it's on AT, It's on ATX. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Yeah. And amazingly, that's, that's, it gets worse from there. Oh yeah, it just yeah, never I, stops being bad. I'm sure it heads downhill in one hell of a hurry. Oh god. It's yeah. Just, I will. I will very briefly describe the plot. Yeah, the sure. The plot is this man has a bunch of, a bunch of uh, terrible, awful nerds that he is somehow, for some reason, friends with. Right. He really should just dump as soon as possible because they're terrible. Well, I, the like climax of the episode seemed to imply that he's just as bad as them. It's a real Arrested yeah. Development sort of situation. He's the. He's the Michael yeah. of the show, where he pretends to be above everyone, but actually he's a monster too. Yeah, all of them are awful. The main character does seem to be the only person aware that they're all awful, though. Yeah. Um, but even still, yeah, that does not absolve him. And their whole thing is they want to lose their virginity. Uh, and they spend most of this episode commenting on the bangability of the various female characters that appear throughout the show especially the very the very first one being a preteen and that conversation goes to some very uncomfortable places well now dustin she is a teenager i think she's only a year younger than them but she just looks like a child with boobs as big as her body yeah 
Yeah, and one of the characters is even like, you know, I can't, like, uh, one of the other characters is like, I don't care about these adult women. I just want to bang a child. And I'm just like, yeah. please, please kill me now. It's just out, like, proud pedophilia. Yeah. It's horrible. It's, uh, yeah, I want all these I people to burn I need to get you guys fire. to watch uh, Ekine. Uh, do you? Do you yeah. really? Oh, wait, you yeah. mean, you mean Aiken? Yes, yes. So, and what, I think that's what you need what to know. What you need to know, Luke, is mm-hmm. that Aaron is a emotion vampire, and he feeds on human suffering. Oh, sure, yeah, I do. I really do. It's just I. Yeah, right. I yeah, saw, I saw so, like the first five minutes of Aiken, and that was enough. So then okay, they all start thief. just reading porn magazines in class because so, they're terrible. So yeah. Like, can, can I ask yeah, yeah, yeah. a question here? Sure. Sure. Was this was this an absolute total waste of everything that was sacrilegical? Like yeah, yeah. Yes. I mean, the whole point of this segment is to watch bad things, and even in that context, I feel like I had wasted my time. I feel like I might get arrested. Yeah, no. It you definitely kind of. You definitely want to scrub your computer. Uh, yeah, no, it, kind of, it got just to, take a magnet to the whole thing. It got to the scene where they were fantasizing the small girl laid out on a bed with her clothes sort of tossed around, saying, "But I'm too little for this." And then I stopped yeah. the video and opened it on my phone because it's harder to trace what data goes to what phone. Yeah, uh. that's fair. Um. Yeah, that part was, I think, the lowest point, though. That's kind of like saying that kick to the balls right, was yeah, less painful yeah. than the, all the other kicks yeah. to the balls. Yeah, so like I said, they, they whip out porno magazines in class and start reading them, and they explain in part because they're awful, and also because it will upset everybody that has girlfriends, and that's what they want to do, because they're just a bunch of Gamergate jerks. Yeah, like, these guys are basically literally just gamer gators. They're, they're just, like, it, I don't know if Japan has an exact equivalent for incels yet, but that's what they are. Yeah, because their whole thing is like, well, if we can't be happy uh, in a relationship, then we'll just make everyone else miserable for no reason. Yes. Oh, <laughs> wrong with this? God. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just it's just so awful. And at, at first, the main character is like, "Oh no, I can't possibly do that. That would ruin me." And then they're like, "Okay, just read it, bro. Are you a bro, bro? Come, just read the magazine, bro." <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Okay, I guess I'm forced to." It's like, no, you can just no. Yeah. And then leave. someone yells at him, and he drops it, and the like the titular gal, uh, yeah, stomps on literally his... titular. Well, yes. Uh, steps on the magazine and tells him that he's disgusting. Like, divorced from the... Con- it feels like the girls in this show are normal human beings written in a story about monsters. Yeah. <laughs> because like, they're di- just like, like, you guys are creeps and I don't like you. Leave us alone, please. Divorce from the divorce from everything else that happens later, I love the female lead just for that scene where she steps on the magazine and says the main character is disgusting. Because yes, you are right. Yeah. But unfor- but unfortunately, then we get th- all the scenes between him begging the gal to uh, go out with him, and then it just it, it ruins everything. Yeah, I went to hell in a handbasket. Because yeah, because I was really hoping that 
uh, that scene was, and I know this is way too much credit to give them considering everything that came before, but I was really hoping that the whole thing was that they'd start dating because he realizes he loves being trash talked. Oh, sure. And dommed by the gal and the gal realizes she loves being a dom. <laughs> no, but that's not no, what happens. No, no. Even that, even that, that's such a minor hope to have at this stage. And even that, no. Mm-mm. Yeah, but I was like, surely there's something in here. No. That I can Don't say call me positive Shirley. about. There's nothing. <laughs> no. Because the way that ends is like, she goes, she lists all of the perfectly valid reasons why she nor anyone else would ever want to go out with him. And then she just does anyway. Yeah, and then at the end she's like, you know... Everything about you is awful. Right. Yet I somehow like you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? It's... That is the laziest attempt at a meet cute I've seen in my entire life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's see. Uh, you know that we are allowing zeros in the rating system if necessary. Oh, can I go to negatives? Yes, I mean, yeah, sure. Like, it, this, this segment is not technically part of our normal review segment. Negative 50 out wild. of 5. Yeah, we can we can do whatever we want. We can go crazy. Yeah, I give this three dog turds out of yeah three. I I give it a sad face and a, a low sighing moan that I could not help but do for almost the entire duration of the episode. Yeah, my my if I were to write, if I were to write a review of this show, the entire paragraph would just be the poop emoji. Yeah, mine would just be so. This is basically a waste of time, talent, and production values. Absolutely. I wonder if yeah, AMN if, reviewed this. I I hope so. <laughs> and like normally I don't I try not to get too judgmental about people's tastes on this show, but if you really like this anime, please rethink your life choices. Uh, uh yeah, AMN is actually still watching it. Yeah, 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 they are. Oh, because uh, I I assume because Clockwork Orange style, they've stuck right. they've stuck one of their interns <laughs> in a room and forced him to watch it all until he can leave. Okay, because uh, I can't imagine I, anyone watching this voluntarily. So, uh, so the first episode they gave a C plus. What? And has a, and has a community score out of five of three point one. Burn anime okay. news network fans to the ground. They no. cannot be saved. Uh, this is just maybe a reflection of what society is coming to. Oh God! Why? That's that's a I better know. score than most actual mediocre anime have gotten on. I anime know. News network. Yeah, it's it's what's really great is the nested layers of pedophilia here because you have the fetishization of like high school kids that so much anime does. But then the high school kids themselves are fetishizing elementary school children. Yeah, it's real gross. It's just in it's so just, many distinct and unique. It ways. is a Russian nesting doll of uh, sexual hideousness. Yeah. All right. So uh, well, I, tell us I, what I you really thought about it. about it. Yeah. I don't want to talk about this anymore. I want to look up Crunchyroll and find out what we're doing next. I want to write a letter to Crunchyroll and ask them uh, if they're ashamed of themselves. Yeah. For uh, no, I'm sure like, they'll how, tell you. No, the, I'm sure I'm they're sh- not. I'm sure they'll tell you the check cleared just nicely. Have a nice day. Yeah, yeah exactly. They'll be like, yo, we got paid. Right. Uh, 
let, let's see. I'm going to go back to winter 2017, see if there's anything we skipped out on there that's maybe not sure uh, terrible pedophilia-based that we could review. And you know what? I feel like I brought this on myself. I did keep asking you to hurt me, and by God, you... I asked you to keep twisting that knife, and you pulled it out yeah, and got a I, drill. <laughs> I, I, I obliged you. I gave you what you were asking for. You did. You did. I, I In really other words, this is, a, this is a be careful what you wish moment. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't, the, the Akeen uh, OVAs are just two episodes. They're each a half hour. Uh, see, I, I want it to be something that Luke doesn't have to like go through a lot of effort for. Well, it's something I'm that he doesn't have to wash his phone after he's done. So, be yeah. Crunchyroll. Wouldn't that be hilarious? All right, let's see here. Uh, let's go for a sort of uh, random kind of uh, action show that none of us ever bothered watching. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm gonna run this by Ben. How w- how do you think Spirit Pact would work? Uh oh. <laughs> I saw the first episode of that. It's a uh, crappy Chinese cartoon. Okay, perfect. All right, so we're going to be watching Spirit Pact next time. I will place that in the uh, right. Skype chat. Cool. Uh, the summary is uh, Yo Keika, the heir of an old famous family of exorcists, is stricken with poverty after losing his parents and struggles as a street fortune teller and a part time computer tech. One night at a junkyard, he meets a mysterious and charismatic exorcist, Tanmoku Ki, who is fighting an evil spirit. To compound his misfortunes, he gets hit by a car and becomes a ghost. Tanmoku Ki appears and asks Yokeika to make a pact with him to fight evil spirits together. He starts the friendship of our... Here starts the friendship of our heroes. So, now, I, hopefully... It doesn't seem awful. Is, is, is there a dub of this because i did dump bleach into my eyes until i was blind so i don't know if i can necessarily i I do i do not see a dub here okay well um maybe you can get like a braille transcript of the subtitles then (laughs) i'll i'll do my best okay i'll do my best oh boy are we having fun yet folks well not not right now no no i'm Oh, <laughs> that, uh, that one I can that one I can assure you we were not having fun I, I, the only thing I can say right now after listening to this is uh, uh, we're, we'll present uh, the medal to uh, Luke there uh, we won't do it posthumously but if he keeps watching enough crap like that we may have to Yeah. <laughs> alright anyway uh, thank you for uh, watching this w- with me Luke and yeah, uh, suffering as, through it with him yeah and and that's why I'm giving, yeah, and I'm I'm getting burned out on that particular type of terribleness too, which is why I'm pivoting to a to one that may just be really clumsy writing, sure, uh, instead of just like actively horrifying. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Spirit Pact is Spirit Pact is terrible, but in a completely different way than Hajime okay. Tengo. Okay. Good. good. Thank, uh, thank I, God. I don't. I don't think the guys could take much more terrible the other way. <laughs> All right. We, we, so uh, we have. I don't think there's enough in the budget for good psychiatric help yet. So uh, Luke, um, yes. I know you don't typically stick around, but if you'd like to, you could uh, help us re- review Awari Monogatari. Uh, nope. Bye. I, I know. I I know how much you love that. Series. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's pulling right. an errand. It's got really quiet.
All right, uh, so Luke is gone now, uh, so that means I can talk about uh, Awari Monogashri without him uh, giving me any crap for it. So, <laughs> as you may have guessed from that segue, um, the first three episodes of Awari Monogashri have aired. It's, um, actually, it's the, we, the entire thing has aired. Oh, the entire, okay, because, so uh, the entire thing has aired. Okay. Yes. Because yeah, they're doubled up episodes. It's actually seven episodes... Seven episodes, but in the... Well, seven episodes worth of content in three okay. episodes. Okay, and so the first two episodes have two parts each, and the last one has three parts. Yes. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, uh, so we're, we're going to be talking about episode one, which contains the first two parts. Uh, but, the Moloi... But there's no list. I'll, I'll make one, okay? Give me... Shut up, Aaron. Well, <laughs> well, if we're making one, can we start with Fate, Hellgirl, and Princess Principal? So he can no. uh, go. So he can go kill we can, monsters. We can <laughs> do that after. But no, I haven't watched Orimon and and I don't want to be spoiled. Oh. Uh. Well, dang it. Well, okay, fine. We're gonna completely ruin all these timestamps. We're gonna have to make. Uh, <sighs> I win again. All right. No, you just okay. got lucky. So we'll delay Orimon till the end of the and, show. Uh, we will instead start with Fate Apocrypha, Episode 7, where we get a lot of, like, uh, Mordred, be Mordred being, well, not a lot of it, but we get some scenes of Mordred being very annoyed that she wasn't able to murder the crap out of uh, Jack the Ripper, which, you know, fair. And the, uh, and the archer. Yeah, yeah. If I was mortared, I'd be pretty mad that I uh, that she ran away before I could gut her like a pig. So also, you got your answer as to what the Hanging Gardens of Babylon is. Yeah, it's a flying castle. It's rad. <laughs> that's 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 a dope. That's a pretty dope noble phantasm. I want that thing as my noble phantasm. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so we get a scene uh, after the after uh, aftermath of the fight, um, where we see Jack the Ripper with her master, who is like eating a mage heart to heal herself, and then they're like, "Oh, but that was the last mage heart," and the master is just like, "Oh, no problem. We'll just kill more mages. It'll be fine." Surely, no one will be able to track us down, even though we're murdering people like crazy. Because apparently everybody everybody in this universe has no idea how to track down a serial killer who's doing literally nothing to hide their uh, actions. Well, I mean, she's a servant. <laughs> what do you What are you gonna do? I mean, I mean, yeah, technically, but also like you'd think that mages would have more ability to track magic crap down. But I don't know. I guess I'm not a mage. Well, okay. I'm just saying, all these mages seem like punks, well, is what I'm saying. Is, though, well, versus servants, they're, it, <laughs> they're it, really hard to fight. Also, Jack the Ripper is an assassin class. So, yeah, so assassin like classes has presence are, concealment. Assassin classes, they're generally sneaky. Well, yeah, I know. Spies are generally sneaky, too, but... Well, anyway. It comes later. Anyway, uh... I don't know. I guess I'm just uh, I guess I'm just partially just annoyed because oh boy, another serial killer in the in a fate episode, like in a in a fate franchise. Gee, whatever will they think of next? Can we cut it out with the serial killers, guys? They're getting old. 
Um, but yeah, so anyway, moving on, John, uh, Jean d'Arc is uh, tracking down the homunculus who has uh, uh, basically uh, who is uh, currently being cared for by a very kindly old man. Um, and uh, Jean tracks, uh, basically finds the church that uh, Emia it, or Shiro, I can't remember. The Shiro look-alike is staying in, and he is—he uh, uh, is Shiro Kotomine. Kotomine, right? Yes, not <laughs> not Emiya Kotomine. Yes, completely different. Yeah, yeah. Original character, do not steal. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, and then we get a uh, after she finds his church, uh, sort of abandoned because they've already uh, uh, re- relocated to uh, the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. Uh, we get a flashback scene with um, Shiro and uh, Assassin, um, where Shiro like remembers some dark stuff from his past. Of course he does. I was pausing there because I figured Aaron had something to add, but no. <laughs> but no. yeah, I, I I I do like how. Uh, uh, the assassin gets a little bit tsundere uh, when Shiro's all like, uh, "Why am I sleeping in your lap?" and and uh, and she's like, "What is that? Like, is that a bad thing? I was trying to be a good servant." Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, there is a lot of talking. There's a lot of talking in this episode, and like, fate. Fate Apocrypha is not very good at talking, to be honest. Um, just because writing is not necessarily a strong suit, because it's a dumb show. Um, <laughs> but it, but at least some of that writing is pretty okay. Um, but it does take a little bit too long to get to the badass parts where the Babylon rises from the ground and the fighting actually begins. Um... But yeah, it, it, once it does, it finally begins in earnest, and we're gonna have like an actual, I think, finally knock down, drag out fight between all the servants, which should be pretty fun. Uh, and I do love uh, Atalanta's expression when Babylon lifts off; she's just got this dumbfounded look on her face, like "What just happened?" Yeah, yeah, like everyone does, and it's just like, "Oh, wow, that's that's like, a thing." It's like, "Oh, it can fly, huh?" Uh, but yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that, and also looking forward to Frankenstein just going wild. <laughs> Frankenstein, like, up on the thing, like a, like an angry cat. Yeah, she's lit- well, not like a cat, she's literally, like, growling like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll, I'll give this episode a, uh, I don't know, a three, I guess. We got introduced to Shakespeare. It's true, Shakespeare is- completely worthless <laughs> yeah he just does nothing it's like well you yeah. guys are down a servant aren't you yeah and and they're they even like call it out they're like so wait you're not gonna do anything he's like yes my job will just be to observe and to uh and to record this wonderful climax and they're like okay so you're not doing anything great awesome <laughs> let's see we're, we're downcaster we're down berserker this is great just great it's like, screw you, Shakespeare. 
Uh, which makes sense, because Shakespeare is a one-star servant in Fate Grand Order, so, you know. Anyway. Oh, does anyone have anything else to add? Uh, well, yeah, well, a large part of the episode is, uh, you know, uh, Sieg, the homunculus, like, doing his uh, soul-searching, which, that got tedious after a while. Uh, I'm like, yeah, come on, see, get on with it. Uh. Yeah, see, just in general, is kind of boring right now. And, like, he has potential to be interesting. But so far, everything happening around him is more interesting than he actually is. Which is a little sad, but... I mean, hope, hopefully he'll improve, like, once presumably Jean teams up with him. You mean there yeah, is room right. for improvement? I mean, God, I hope so. Yeah, I'm going anyway. to give, give this episode a three as well. All right. Aaron, what do you think? Agree. Three. Cool. All right, so next, uh, Hellgirl... Oh wait, I forgot. I Elgirl is the one thing I did not uh, get around to. I completely forgot about it. I'm sorry. I apologize. Do you want to save that for next week? Yeah, mine as well. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, we'll instead move on to Princess Principal episode six, which was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Dorothy or Daisy or yeah. So it, we we find out. Uh, this is a very Dorothy-focused episode, so in other words, it turns out complaining about things works. Because clearly, uh, the reason why this happened is because the creators were listening to BakaCast, and they were like, oh, well, we gotta uh, give Dustin what he wants. <laughs> his, his opinion is vitally important to the success of this show. Okay, wait, hip waiters are out in the car. Give me a second, will you? But yeah, I I love this episode. Um, it Yeah, again, it's a Dorothy-focused episode. It tells her backstory. And I love how it opens with Dorothy uh, showing... Uh, what's her name? Beatrice. Beatrice? Beatrice? Yeah. Beto. Amazing. Ac- huh? Oh, Beto. <laughs> it's Beto. Okay. She was uh, Dorothy teaching Beto how to uh, lockpick... Uh, because Ange and Shisei are awful teachers. Yeah. I, I, I love that scene so much because it does so many things in one scene. So it shows you that uh, Beatrice is trying to actually become a spy, that it reinforces the fact that Dorothy is sort of like the motherly type, and uh, it has comedic value with uh, Ange and Shisei's abilities. And then yeah. ties into the rest of the episode with her starting to hum the song. Yeah. And also it shows, like, why Dorothy is essentially the, the de facto leader of the group. Um, because she's the only one with social skills. <laughs> besides the princess. <laughs> yes. I just, I just love when, when they're like, yeah, because the other two aren't very helpful. And then it shows Ange picking it in, like, two seconds. She's like, okay, yeah. look. Just, Did you get it? Yeah, just, just do this. <laughs> And then the uh, other one decides. I, I, I don't. I don't quite understand. Okay, I'll yeah. do it again. <laughs> yeah, and then the other one decides that she's going to take the 
She's going to take the Ginzu to it. <laughs> yeah, Chisei's solution is just like, okay, if you want to pick a lock, just be a master swordsman. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, just cut yeah. the lock. I don't see what the problem yeah. is. Yeah, just, just cut through the lock in one stroke. Ginzu! Uh, and then, but and yeah. then for some reason, they have like an entire trunk full of locks. I mean, Car that actually makes sense, because if, again, Dorothy is the one that likes to be prepared. Uh, yeah, but you so really it makes need sense. a trunk full? I mean, sure, like, there's a lot of locks in the world, Aaron. You gotta make sure you've, you're practiced in all the ones you're likely to come across. That that actually makes a lot of sense. It's one of the most grounded things this show has done, actually. <laughs> um, I thought never mind. I thought you grounded things so they didn't have sparks. Never mind. <laughs> but yeah, so then this uh, the rest of this episode is essentially focused on uh, Dorothy dealing with her terrible, abusive, alcoholic father, um, and kind of coming to terms with him and trying to reconcile with him despite him being a complete dirtbag um abusive and we also find bag. yeah like super abusive uh and uh we also find out that dorothy is actually not her real name uh dorothy is the name of her mother right um who left because of her dad's abuse and uh daisy uh later took on her mother's name when she became a spy uh which is a really subtle way of saying a lot about what dorothy thinks well about what daisy thinks of her mother uh, -huh. uh side note but, dorothy is the worst spy out of all of them Except yeah. for maybe Beatrice, because she isn't really a spy. That's true, yeah. She's she's not the greatest at, like, being a spy, but she is very good at getting spy stuff done, somehow. Despite... She also never covers her face when spying. No. But then again, like, yeah. Yeah, she, she never she does. Re then again, the, the princess doesn't either, so... Yeah, the princess yeah. does. She has a veil thing. Oh, okay, right. So yeah, I guess Dorothy is the only one who never covers her face. It's oh, fine. Be it's okay. Beatrice doesn't either, but she doesn't really count. Yeah. Well, I think Dorothy relies on her assets to get her through. Well, yeah, that's what I said during the last episode, is that like she doesn't need to cover her face, because apparently no one ever bothers looking at it. <laughs> it's like, I, it's the one time, yeah, the, the one lady in the world who will never say, eyes up here, boys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I like, I like when they go into the morgue and Beatrice is like, oh wow, that's a lot of dead people. I never realized so many people died every day. And the princess is like, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> also, I apologize for my dogs barking. Oh, that's all right. Um, but yeah, so... A lot of this is uh, taken up by um, Dorothy interacting with uh, the people at the morgue and interacting with her dad and sort of explaining what went on between them uh, to Beatrice. And uh, we find out uh, one of those things is that after her father lost one of his uh, arms, uh, he became uh, basically textbook abusive asshole in that he would beat her 
like half to death and then he would later get all super weepy and ask her for forgiveness uh in the way that abusive uh physically abusive relationships will often work uh in that there will be uh they will all they will always claim like oh i didn't mean to do it uh and that sort of thing but yeah it's very textbook behavior um which Dorothy realizes is textbook abusive behavior, and I was like, "Yeah, I got out of that out of that situation as soon as I possibly could." And like that, that sort of gives Beatrice a way to connect with Dorothy because Beatrice has suffered abuse at the hands of her uh, uh, father as well uh, because of like the experiments that were done on her without her consent. Um. So they're able to connect in that way, which uh, I, I wasn't expecting a episode between Dorothy and Beatrice to be the most interesting pair up in the world, but it ended up working a lot better than I expected. Yep. Yep. Um, sometimes all things mean a lot. And then we get what we knew was going to happen at the beginning of the episode, which is oh, yeah. her father getting killed by the Duke of Normandy's henchmen. Or henchwoman in this case. Yeah, they, uh... Yeah. And then you yeah, have the absolutely fantastic scene where the juxtaposition between the happy song and the father being moved around in the morgue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also that great scene where uh, these three dudes who were um, trying to extort money from her father uh, assumed that... Uh, Dorothy was showing up to be sold into sex slavery, and Dorothy's like, ha, 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 no. Yeah. And they're like, you better come with us, or we're gonna force you. And Dorothy's like, yeah, g- go for it, dude. You, just you wanna, just try. You, yeah, you wanna die here? That's fine with me. Yeah, and then and then she just, like, easily takes them out and straight up shanks a dude with his own knife, and it's great. Yeah. Let's see, I think she broke a couple of their arms. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, was, it, was, it was not fun times for them. Let's put it yeah. this way. Uh, Dorothy is not somebody I would want angry at me for more than five seconds. Oh, no. Not at all. Uh, honestly, the only thing I didn't care for with this episode was when Dorothy and Beatrice are in the pub having a heart-to-heart. And Dorothy was like, yeah, I guess my dad did really love me after all. I'm like, uh, an entire childhood of like horrible physical abuse and like... Uh, the fa- and like the fact that you're learning that he didn't actually intend to sell you into sex slavery is what gets you to like turn turn your opinions around that quick. <laughs> like, well, I, well, I, I can I can the whole episode. I don't know. Like, I I can sort of see that, but also he was a dirtbag for most of the episode, and he kind of only turned around near the very end. Um, and like if if they wanted to go for that, then. I wouldn't be opposed to it. I just feel like it happened way too quickly. Uh, and he didn't really... It wasn't really earned, honestly. I don't I don't believe that Dorothy would have her opinion changed that quickly. Also, she was drinking, so... Yeah. Uh, that uh, Yeah, it, it is possible that it was because of the liquor, but also we know Dorothy can hold her liquor really well. Maybe. We haven't don't actually know seen how, that. Well, seeing the other thing is we don't know how much she had before, you know, we, we got let in on the scene. Yeah, no, possibly. But 
again, that's kind of a nitpick. Uh, for yep. the most part, I did really enjoy the episode. It's just that sort of opinion uh, toward at the end of the episode that she has about her father that kind of gave me pause just because it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me for considering what happened during the episode. But overall, it was a really solid episode, so I'll give it a four. I'll give it a five. I thought it was great. Yeah, I give it a five, yeah. too. Yeah, the the scene at the end was just so good. <laughs> All right. I really love so, when they do stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. it, it reminds me of uh, one of my favorite scenes in any sci-fi show. Uh, there's this episode of Babylon 5. Um, that juxtaposes a um, gospel song with uh, one of the main characters, I believe Jakar, just murdering a whole bunch of bad guys in a in a like uh, tunnel system. It's great. Um, oh yeah, I remember. That, I remember that, Babylon Five. That was a good. Yeah, that was a good show. It really was, and that is a very specific reference that probably seven people listening to this podcast will get. One of them being Ben. Excuse uh, me. And possibly Larry. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyway. Let's see. Uh, those were the only episodes that you had watched, Aaron, I believe. Yep, that's it. Okay, so, fine. I guess I guess so you we, can go now. We can do that. Yada da 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 You're you're free. Okay. Yay. Now now let's talk about Awari Monogatari uh, episode yeah. one. Uh Mayoi Hell. Yeah. Uh, the hell with it. Oops. Which despite uh the inevitable occurrence of the whole pedophilia air quotes joke that always happens whenever uh, whenever Araragi interacts with uh, Mayoi, uh, which has just gotten so extremely old. Um, this was a really solid episode. Um, I especially like the slow reveal uh, where he was like, wait, am I dead? Hmm, could be. Yeah, because the episode opens with him just in hell. And then we have to slowly piece together how he ended up in hell. Well, okay, that uh, this is this is where watching uh, Koyomi Monogatari comes in handy because uh, this is actually a direct follow-on from the last episode of Koyomi Monogatari, uh, Koyomi Dead, uh, which actually shows the point where uh, Gaian, uh, where Gaian killed him. Oh, yep. right. I forgot I haven't yep. watched those yet. I really need yep. to do that. Yep. She she definitely made him morte, morte, morte. Yeah, so I guess I gotta catch up on Koyomi Monogatari. I'll remember to do that for next week. Anyway, so... Yeah, so he ends up in hell, and uh, we eventually find out that this was actually <coughs> all part of a plan... That uh, that Gaian had to actually, oh gosh, I okay. So I'm, I'm sorry. I'm hiccuping. I'm sorry, audience. Hey, that happens. I, I was trying to. Me. I was trying to. Eat, I was trying to eat Chick Fil A during the recording, and it it has all gone south on me. All right, because <laughs> I tried to eat too fast. Easy does it. 
All right. So, this is going to be just such a wonderful professional recording today. Hey, you know, we're human, so we're going to have these days, just as long as they don't run consecutively. Uh-huh. All right. So, yeah, we find out that this was all part of Guyan's plan to uh, finally free uh, Araragi of his vampirism. Which apparently the only real way to do that is just to murder him first and then bring him back. <laughs> uh, but I got a feeling it didn't work. But we're, we're yeah, go- it's kind of well. I mean, uh, it's kind of like how in a JRPG, uh, if one of your characters dies, uh, that removes all their debuffs. So when you raise them again, they uh, are uh, just go back to their uh, normal self. You know, just use a phoenix down on uh, Koyomi. Yeah, but uh, Kishot seems like there at the end she had her own... Uh... Oh, we will get to Kishot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm just moving right along, but yeah. Yeah, so uh, a good chunk of this episode is taken up by uh, Araragi sort of walking up the levels of hell with uh, Maoi, and Maoi essentially recapping uh, some of the major decisions he's made throughout the series, and kind of investigating, like, okay, so all of these things could technically be considered mistakes, um, but Araragi kind of comes to the conclusion that even if they were mistakes, he doesn't regret making them, and he would make them all over again, including, like, his initial quote-unquote mistake of saving Kishot in the first place, mm-hmm. which kind of set off this entire chain of events. Um, and it, it's very much an episode about, like, how... Even if even if Aragi was given an option to uh, go back in time and change his decisions, he wouldn't do it um, because he doesn't actually regret those decisions, even if he screwed up. Uh, because it's what got him to where he is today, and he's actually kind of okay with the situation where he is today. Um, and then we have a giant sequence where we find out the motivations of uh, that one origami jerk who kidnapped uh, his the Araragi sisters and Kanbaru. I can't remember his name. Teori. Uh, yeah, that that dude. Uh, where we find out that oh, that actually wasn't me. Uh, that was I was already dead, and that was a doll I was controlling. It's like oh, okay, sure, why not. <laughs> oh so convenient uh, but yeah apparently his whole thing was to meet Araragi here and like explain th- things to him and also give him a warning that uh, apparently uh, Oshino contacted him and said hey uh, Araragi and Shinobu are technically vampires but as they are now they're harmless so step off bro um and but whereas uh Ogi uh uh like oh she knows uh what is she his his niece sister niece his niece yeah whereas like uh Meme's niece um explicitly uh, wanted him to uh murder uh uh Kishot and uh Araragi so you know as so the the least shocking twist in the universe turns out Ogi is a bad person. 
Really? Dang. No, those those cold, dead black eyes are the the clear sign of a good person. Right. Socially well adjusted. But yeah, so Gain to uh, finish up the um, uh, the plan uh, sends a thread down for Araragi to um, get out of hell with, and Araragi, as he's being lifted up uh, in a, in a sort of like moral crisis of like, do I really deserve to do that to get resurrected before Mayoi? Uh, decides just to like clasp his legs around her and drag her up with him. <laughs> So now Moyo's back alive. Well, not yet, but yeah, it looks like she's going to be. Uh, the best part of this episode, at least to me, because I have uh, very specific desires, is when Aragi finally gets back up from hell, one of the first things we see is Gain sitting on the steps of the temple, of the shrine, and right behind her is... An extremely angry, full-powered kiss shot, standing right behind her with her uh, fingernails extended like uh, tiny daggers, uh, very ready to just drain uh, the life out of her. Just, just shred gain like paper mache. Uh, should Araragi not actually come back, and it is the best thing. She even gives a wink to the camera, and it's like, yes, I missed you too. <laughs> I'm I'm so glad full powered kiss shot is back and the moment where she kneels down and like uh pats Araragi in on the head is my everything. <laughs> this is what I have been waiting for like pretty much since the second season of the Monogatari TV series and I finally have it. Yeah, she okay. is uh she is imp- she is impressive. Uh, yeah. Also, for some reason, Gain has uh, both of Kishot's katanas. For some reason, <laughs> unless that are, unless those are her own different katanas, I'm I'm not entirely sure. But the long one definitely looks like um, uh, what is it called like the heart render. I can't yeah. remember. I was going to ask about that, but uh, you go on and keep mumbling, and I'll make it make sense out of it here. But yeah, I mean that's, I mean that's pretty much the episode. Uh, aside from this uh, really great uh, scene at the end, where uh, Gaines says like, "Oh yeah, I have all my weapons now. Uh, you're back uh, to being a human. Kishot is at full power. Uh, I'm recruiting you. You're gonna work for me now. Let's settle the score." And it's like, "Oh man, stuff's about to go down." <laughs> So, uh, if I give this an overly zealous five, you won't be upset? Uh, oh, man. I, I'm I'm going to give it a four, because I thought there were, some, uh, there were some moments that I did not care for. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't think I could give this one a five, well, even for a kiss shot. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm dropping it down to a four just because of the, um, like, really terrible... Uh, assaulting my OA jokes that keep happening as well as the fact that uh this is an intensely dialogue focused episode where uh a lot of it is retreading things 
which occasionally is, uh, like, actually a nice um, investigation of Aragi's character, but often just feels almost like a recap episode. Uh, this is this is especially uh, apparent during his talk with the doll maker, where half of it is actually interesting and sheds new light, and the other half is just like, here's stuff you might have forgotten from a previous arc, and actually, and I'm like, no, actually, I'm good. <laughs> All right. Well, the reason I gave it a five is because I had just finished watching something that was a lot worse, so it was, uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, don't don't apologize. Like, I get well, I'm not it. apologizing. I'm just I'm just uh, I'm just rationalizing. But yeah, so uh, I I super enjoyed uh, this episode. Kind of even even despite um, like the things I kind of disliked about it. Well, because uh, you had a full grown kiss shot looking at you. I mean, come on. I mean, yes. I mean, that's true. I am biased. Yeah, slightly. <laughs> Uh, all right, so let's move on to My Hero Academy episode, I believe, 31? Uh, 32. I can't 32. 32. 32, okay. Yeah, this is the internship episode. Uh, this uh, is the froggy episode. Yeah, which was, like, uh, mostly good, I'd say. Yeah? Yeah, I mean... Um, because uh, because Froppy is love. Yes. It's true. Froppy is civilization. Um, and, like, her segment was a lot of fun. Uh, there were some other segments uh, that were briefer, that were that were uh, briefer, that were also pretty good. Um, I like uh, Best Genist's continual attempts to make a turn Bakugo into a good boy rather than the rude boy he currently is. This um, isn't happening, you know that. I... Yeah, it, it, of course it's not. Uh, I love Uraraka's attempts to like be a hardcore fighter, um, uh, and also I just like uh, what it, her her mentor's name is Gunhead, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love Gunhead's design and also his very sort of carefree attitude. Uh, the only thing I didn't really care for is. Again, I figure like, oh, during the previous episode, uh, that fashion model was like, okay, time to go out on the streets and do some patrolling. And then it's just like, this episode is just like, oh, it's just more photo shoots. I'm like, please stop. <laughs> please stop doing this. <clears throat> there I have to agree with you. I thought it was, uh, that was kind of almost a waste of effort. Yeah, it's like, please stop doing that bait-and-switch on me. Like, I want these girls to do something. Please. Not stand there and go, why aren't we standing here? Yeah, it's it's really kind of irritating. Um, Annoying. But honestly, but honestly that, that is the only part I really didn't care for. Uh, the rest of it was pretty fun, because, again, for the vast majority, I like the vast majority of... Uh, my Hero Academy's characters. Uh, so having an episode that focuses a little more on them, uh, especially when one of them is Froppy, and uh, seeing Froppy uh, help take care of a hostage situation on the high seas, that was pretty good. Yeah. I think Deku's going to be into a surprise, though. I think somebody's learning how to defend herself. That ought to be interesting on its own. <laughs> Uh, yeah, 
well, like I said, having read the manga, yeah, that's probably, that's gonna be a while before that one plays out. Well, of course. Yeah, because I was gonna say, it'd be pretty cool if uh, Uraraka and Bakugo get a rematch uh, where uh, Uraraka can show off the combat skill she's learned in the intervening time. Uh, and she kicks his butt on top of it. Oh, did that come out of me? Yes. Yeah, mostly I just want to see Uraraka give someone a beatdown. Yeah. Uh, because Uraraka is one of my favorites, and I want to see her succeed. Well, uh, <laughs> more more beatdown to float up, since anti-gravity is oh, yeah. her thing, you know. Well, it's, yeah. Well, see, no, you float them up, and then you do an Azuna drop. Yeah. Uh, so you pile dry them into the ground, and that's that's the one to punch that yeah. Uraraka has available to her. Yeah, and uh, uh, Bakugo going into the ground uh, face first would be, I would be cheering. You would hear me all the way where you live. Yeah, so I will give this episode a four. Uh, it's a filler episode, but it's a pretty solid filler episode. Uh, I just wish that some of these heroes had more interesting things going on for them. Yeah, I will go with the four, and hopefully maybe the girls, uh, somebody gets a hangnail, and they can go out on their own. I'll give it a five. I had a great <laughs> time with this episode. All right. Uh, moving on to Made in Abyss, episode six. Uh, man, Ozen is kind of an asshole. Well, I think something happens the longer you're down there. I think it starts affecting your mind. Yeah, that and being a jerk. I mean, maybe, but also, like, the other white whistle that was with them wasn't a jerk. Like, like the big, uh, the big dude? Yeah. Well, Hobbo wasn't, was... wasn't a white whistle. He was a, he was a black whistle. Oh. He was a black whistle. Oh, okay. So he was almost, he was like a, a one rung below a white whistle. Yes. Which there... But still, like, he was I... a pretty happy-go-lucky guy, unlike Ozen, who just, like, apparently wishes that uh, Rico had just died down there. Yeah. Which... Or if she had her choice, she would have left her down there and brought back the artifact that they had to leave. Yeah, that's pretty much what I got out of it, too. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and, I, I, and, like, I'd be okay with that development if we would just... If uh, we had any indication of, like, why Ozen was so bitter about making that decision. But we kept, we kind of don't get anything regarding that. We just... Through the entire episode, we have Ozen just being kind of a passive-aggressive dick. And that's kind of all we get of her character, which is just kind of, I don't know... Annoying? Bore. Yeah, just annoying. Um, I'm hoping things improve in the next episode, and maybe we get a little more explanation as to why Ozen is behaving, why she's behaving. But, I mean, like, the other stuff they built up in this episode surrounding, like, what's going on in in uh, this, like, scout location, this survey location, um, sort of like the creature that Rico runs into during the night, uh, that's all really interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, I, I, I can't knock it too hard uh, just for Ozit. Ozen, just because like there was some interesting stuff uh, happening in this episode, 
Uh, I just the like my only complaint about it is that Osen was Osen Osen was very one note compared to every other character that we've seen so far. Yeah, yeah. Another thing about Osen, evidently, uh, she uh, let's see, she takes a boy, and she forces the uh, the boy who works for her to dress up as a maid. Wait, that character is male. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, because it's a good thing I because there was this bit where because there was this bit where uh, where like where Rico was like running around naked and the uh, and like the uh, the the, maid the two kid, of them. Yeah, both uh, both Regu and the and the other guy are like like put some clothes on. Yeah, it's like we don't want to see this, and it's not. <clears throat> and then there's the "Are you a girl?" Oh, see, I thought I thought that whole thing with like Rico going to run around naked was just the fact that like most normal people don't run around naked in front of other people. So I figured, like you know, she was a girl, but she'd just be horrified to see that. Um, oh. I did not realize that part of that was because uh, they were actually male and Ozen forced them to cross dress. That's messed up, Ozen. What the hell? Yeah. Well, it's Yeah, it's uh, uh well it's, I think it's pretty much it. Well I think uh, I think what that does is that's it's uh in in a certain sense it reinforces the theme that uh as you go further down to the abyss further down the abyss you lose your humanity. Uh, yeah, possibly. I guess we don't really have any other white whistles to compare her to. Uh, I think the words "thank goodness" would probably play in there too. But yeah, so I mean, I, I would like to see a more uh, a deeper dive into Ozen's character, just so we could get at least some explanation for why she seems like such a terrible person. Um, um, so I'm, I'll, sh- I'm sure Rico's mom's at the bottom of it. Maybe. I mean, Ozen, Ozen claims that her mother's dead, but again, that's may just be Ozen being an asshole. Yep. Uh, so, I'll, I'll give this episode a four. I will give a four as well. Yeah, I can pretty much wander through a four on it. Alright. Uh, once again, uh, we had a... Uh, this was a skip week for uh, Bahamut and uh, Altair... So let's see here. What else is left? Uh, the reflection Can't... episode four. Oh right, the reflection episode four. Yeah, and, I and, yeah, barely and... remember what happened in this episode, which probably doesn't speak a whole lot for it. Or maybe I was just like really tired. <laughs> it, yeah, it could be that too. Well, there was some good stuff in the episode. I think. Uh... Although it ends on kind of a, uh, although it ends on kind of a cliffhanger, and like it seems, it splits its focus between the uh, between I guy, you know, and his and who's like right, who's sort of like resentful, resentful at basically, you know, at only being famous as you know as I guy rather than being famous as Ian. I, I do remember the eye guy portions actually being pretty interesting. I did like those parts because uh, he's like, man, I like 
as my normal self, I can't make it as a musician. But like when I'm I guy, then everybody cares. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that was a sort of nice twist to it because usually, um, like what usually happens when a character has an alter has a secret identity, they do that specifically because they don't want more attention on their uh, secret identity. <laughs> Whereas like Ian specifically does want more uh, more focus on his secret identity. Uh, so it's kind of it's kind of a nice uh, flip on the formula. Yeah, the other inter- the other thing it turned is that it seems that his like okay that his true superpower is sonic based because there was that oh yeah like there was that bit when he gets on stage and he's about to sing and like uh, you know he and like he shatters a glass with his, he shatters a glass with his voice oh right yeah uh and like and then like you know his people like his people like you know, get off the stage, because, uh... Yeah. It's like, you can't, we can't reveal yourself. What are you doing? <laughs> but, yeah, I, I do really like that twist on the, uh, on I Guy's character. It makes him, uh, uh, really interesting, actually. It's mostly just the, the Exxon segments that I cannot, for the life of me, remember. It's like, yeah, like, they go on a road trip, and they bring the the wheelchair-bound girl who has totally sweet Green Lantern-esque powers now, uh, and they're, like, driving around. I barely remember anything about that. Uh, okay. Well, uh, what, what, yeah, what, what happens is they're, uh, is they're, they're, uh, is they, uh, they drive, like, uh, let's see, the main character, uh, Eleanor, I think. She, uh, uh, she, uh, you know, having done some, uh, having done some research through, uh, hacking, uh, through hacking, uh, you know, finds out, like, uh, relatives of, like, the girl, of, like, the girls that were, that went missing, and finds that, uh, that the next place to go is New Orleans. So they drive to New Orleans, you know, and find, like, uh, and find that there's that uh, there's this uh, these people merchant and trader who are like basically kidnapping reflected uh, evidently with the uh, with the cooperation of the police. Mm. Oh right, okay. And in the and the episode ends with uh, and the episode ends with uh, Eleanor, you know, having been captured, you know basically walks, you know, and taken to, I guess, Merchant and Trader's uh, base, you know, walks into the room and finds all these, uh, I guess, kidnapped people. So, yeah, that could be some interesting stuff there. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, certainly could. I'm looking forward to the next episode. I, <clears throat> yeah, I think uh, Ian was kind of obnoxious for most of this episode. Uh, yeah, which, which is, I like. I, I think I'll give this episode a three, largely because only kind of half it, half of it was interesting to me. Uh, um, but like, I'm I'm still pretty impressed uh, with how the show has been working out so far. It like it's definitely I've definitely turned around on it a lot more than I thought I would. I'm gonna give it a four. All right, let's see. Uh, will that actually do it for this episode? Uh, Castle, 
Castle Valia. Well, that's right. Didn't uh, oh, dang it, Castlevania. We were, we were supposed to watch that. I, I skipped Castlevania. I totally forgot about that because Awari Monogatari started airing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, both Larry and I watched Castlevania, and ah, oh, dang it. All yeah. right, uh, I will. I will put that on my list for next week. I well, promise I'm we will get to that. Not rewatching it. You don't have to rewatch it. It's fine. I promise. Uh, I will watch it for next week, uh, and then we'll talk about it then. Yeah. Well, but, let me tell you something. Uh, first episode. Be very, very wary, and make sure nobody else is in the room. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for the warning. <laughs> Which uh, I wish what? I would have had, but... Look, I didn't know, man. I didn't either. I, you know, this is one of the few shows that I, I just trusted from what I heard, and I didn't Google it, and I didn't look it up, and after about the first ten minutes, well, you, Ben can tell you what I was typing in the chat window. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I explained to him that, yeah, the second episode is a bit different. Okay. Yeah, all you gotta do is make it through the first episode, but just 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 well, be warned: the first episode's a hummer. Well, right. from Larry's perspective, I think, I, yeah, I think uh, you probably shouldn't have a major problem. Well, with it. Dusty never has major problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I actually yeah, well, I get. We'll talk about it yeah. next week. Yeah, next week we can talk about it in more depth. Uh. All right. Anyway, so yes, no uh, listener question, so we can da 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 da. We, ac- we actually do have a listener question, and believe it or not, Larry, it was sent to our email. I told you it was working again. I hit it with a big beaking hammer. It's amazing. So we got an email uh, from David Pollard who asks, when you start a new season, could you include where you can legally watch the anime uh, which you are reviewing? It used to be that I could follow along with the anime you were reviewing by just watching Hulu and Crunchyroll. This doesn't really seem to be the case anymore. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I definitely understand why you'd want to like um, make sure like you have uh, methods available to watch this stuff uh, legally. Um, for some of it, it's not really going to be possible, um, but for a lot of it, it is. Uh, for example, let's see, I know for certain that uh, Hero Academy, um, let's see, uh, Awari Monogatari, um, oh god, it was uh, The Reflection, and there's something else that's on Crunchyroll. Oh right, Hellgirl. Uh, so all of those watching through Crunchyroll actually now that I uh, re-upped my subscription. Um, there are some others that I just I just don't think are available for legal streaming at all right now. Uh, one of those being Fate Apocrypha. So there's just no way to watch uh, that yeah. Le- legally. Yeah, the main ones are right uh, now. Yeah, the main ones are Fate Apocrypha and uh, Kakiguri which were licensed by Netflix. Right. Okay. Yeah, that would make sense. Uh, um, there were, and, but where it, and then there were a bunch that were then there were a bunch that were licensed by Amazon. Uh, so oh, right, their stupid strike service. Yeah. So you'd have to go through like their double paywall. Yeah. God, I hate that. I hate that they did that. So yeah, for example, the stuff on strike uh, includes uh, uh, Princess Principal, Made in Abyss. 
uh, Rage of Bahamut, Virgin Soul. So basically some of the best of the anime that we're watching this season. Uh, Shokaku no Altair. So pretty much everything that we that we love watching that isn't on Crunchyroll is likely going to be on Amazon Strike. Uh, which is unfortunate. Uh, because even being a Prime member won't give you access to it. Um, you, you you have to pay like four ninety nine a month in addition to uh, whatever else you're paying Amazon is. It's just terrible. Is that the word you really want to use? Yeah, I guess that's the word we better use. Any other word might yeah. get us into trouble. Yeah, I I, I, I could understand like if uh, if they're charging you like uh, seven bucks if you're not an Amazon Prime member. But if you're an Amazon Prime member, like you should at least like get a super reduced rate. Like I don't know, a, I'd like pay an additional one or two bucks to uh, sign up for Amazon it's... Strike, but an additional five dollars a month? No. Well, and the <laughs> the problem with Prime is there's a there's a billing issue with Prime because once they get your credit card number, they don't let go. Yeah. Yeah, trying to so, can't yeah, that. Yeah, but we won't go into that. Yeah, so that sucks. So uh, if, if if you want to watch those things legally um, on, on uh, whatever Strike has, then you're gonna kind of you're gonna be paying even more, which sucks. Um, but Crunchyroll does have a, a, a fair number of uh, pretty solid anime on there as well, um, like a few of which we are watching right now. So yeah, those are the primary places to. Uh, legally stream the stuff we're watching for this season is through Crunchyroll and Amazon Strike, um, or uh, while things like Fate Apocrypha um, just straight up aren't available yet. Yeah, kind of how like uh, kind of like how back uh, in during last season we were reviewing uh, Little Witch Little Witch Academy um, while that was airing, uh, but since it was not licensed by Netflix, it was impossible to actually legally stream it in the U.S. until the entire thing finished airing in Japan. Yeah. So Japan, which, which I know, which I know annoyed quite a few people. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's the basic answer to that. Um, uh, that said, that's a very good point. Um, I will make an effort uh, during the next season. Uh, to make sure we are specifying uh, where uh, you you are you are able to watch these shows we're reviewing um, uh, legally, if uh, a legal option does exist. So uh, thank you for that feedback, uh, David. I will keep that in mind for uh, future episodes. All right. So that is actually uh, all we have uh, left to do for the podcast. So I'm going to wrap this thing up because it's 9 o'clock and, man, I'm tired. Uh, so I say this knowing that for mid, for Air, for uh, Larry it's like midnight. <laughs> uh, uh, but you know what? Or, uh, I, I, I bite yeah. the bullet occasionally. Yeah, it's well, good. For me it's 9 o'clock, but I'm a night person. That's yeah, true. ain't no kidding. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, uh, that'll do it for this episode of BakaCast. Uh uh, what was send I gonna say? Emails, God, send comments, emails, send comments, money, cronk, <laughs> cronk, send email to bakacast at projectarhi.net or krug use comment section in 
projecthari.net page. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, folks, you want to know what kind of night it's been? That's the kind of night it's been. Hulk tired. Yeah. Hulk want to stop recording. Yeah. Uh, Say so good night, Hulk. Hulk just wants to finish dinner. Yeah. So you so, can uh, uh, you can tweet me. You can you can tweet me at Deathslinky. You can tweet me at Stilts, Stilts the GM. And you can tweet me at blank because I don't have a tweet account. Yeah, you can just you can just leave Larry the hell alone. <laughs> uh, anyway, thank you for listening, folks. Then let's let's end this horror show. Please. Okay. Three, two, one. Kinnabosh. Uh, <laughs> was that a, was I, that a sneeze? Uh, <laughs> I think that was a that was a cough. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> That's fine. It's just you know, it's just funny. <laughs> Okay, uh, again, terrestrial television, bad, anime, good. Have a nice night. See you next week. Bye-bye.